Hello and welcome to Adolescence and Beyond, the new video podcast. What am I talking about today? School refusal is the term we hear a lot about now and it tends to raise a kind of a, a stress in most people and often people will contact me and they will say, you know, my child or my teenager is refusing to go to school. So I think probably the first thing we need to do is we, we need to put down that term because I find that it's not particularly helpful. When we think of somebody refusing to do something, it automatically brings up <gasps> attention and stress. You know, you're not doing what you're supposed to do or you're not doing what I want you to do. In my experience, adolescents tend to want to go into school some days, want to avoid it other days, but overall want to go in because they're meeting their peers and their friends. Because at the young age, you know, from first year onwards to leave insert, it's the most place that teenagers can meet and can hang out. And sometimes they're able to have their friends in the same class as them. Sometimes it's when they meet them at break time. So when we think about what might be happening for a teenager when they're unable to go to school, we're more able to focus on how do we support them. So if you're a parent and you're struggling to convince, control, persuade your teenager to go to school, it means that something is going on for them, something that they can't explain to you. Because we usually see the behavior first. Oh, can't get out of bed, pain in the tummy, pain in the head, I don't want to go in today. And those, those words that ooh, as parents we all kind of pull back from, which is, I can't. So when it is happening with a teenager, there's been a whole process in their head that has led them to believe that they're not able to be in school, that they can't cope with school, that school is too hard. And the conversation then in their head is at a whole other different level of punishment, shame and fear. So if you think about yourself, you know, as an adult, what you might have said to yourself at times, God, I don't look good in this, or I can't do that, or oh, I'm a bit stupid, you know, all those things we tend to say. Well, imagine a teenager not going to school has talked to themselves relentlessly like that for a long period of time. Because by the time they're unable to go to school, it means that whatever is in their head has been going on for a long time. So picture it like this. Your adolescent is in here, trapped. This is like a, a, a jar of marbles that we've got. And these are all their thoughts. And you can see there's a lot of them. And they're imagining that they are trapped with all their thoughts. And we know when we have one ruminating or difficult thought that it tends to multiply. So they're trapped in here. And you're trying to pull and drag them out. Come on, go to bed. We're going to be, sorry, school. We're going to be late. This is going to happen. And sometimes we bargain. Sometimes parents say to me, you know, I just lost it. Or I pull them out of the bed. And what we find is none of that actually works. We know routine works. We know boundaries work. Absolutely. But when your teenager is in a place of complete overthinking, over panicking, 
Nothing logical or rational that you're doing is going to work. So pushing and forcing them to go in somewhere where they feel unsafe, where they feel they're going to be judged, where they feel it's literally dangerous is not going to work. So often we have to meet them where they're at. And what I say to parents is, okay, let's get our little friend here, love and connection, and let's put it beside them. And I'm not saying you don't try to persuade them to go to school, but you become more interested in what is driving this particular rigidity or behavior at the minute. And you consider for yourself, okay, something is happening in their brain and their psyche that is causing them to feel very, very fearful, very scared. And it is my job as their parent, as their carer, to find out what that is. Because you know you can help. You know you can calm any waters. You know you can soothe. You know you can connect. And you know that about you because you love your teenager, your child. You simply love them. So if you view yourself as this person that can make the connection, that can break up with some of these thoughts, you become much more confident in yourself and your teenager looks at you as, oh, you can actually help me. Because when they're in that rigid overthinking, look how many thoughts we have here, lots. They don't think anyone can help them. They don't believe anyone else is going through this. They believe their life is absolutely awful. And sometimes people say, oh, they're just looking for attention. Well, sure they are. Because they don't have the language, they don't have the wherewithal to say, you know what, I feel like I'm really struggling here and I think I would like you to help me with this dilemma that's going on in my head. Like Teenagers don't talk like that. They just put their head down, they say, I don't know, I don't care, you can't make me. Sometimes the language gets a lot more colourful. And when we get caught into that battle with them, nobody's going to win because they're much more invested in the rigidity and as much as you might plead and get them out the door, it's going to happen all over again, maybe the next day, maybe a week later. They're better at holding on to the, I can't, I can't. And their whole body and their whole mind is literally rigid. So instead of joining them in the chaos and the fear and the panic, align yourself up with, right, I can figure this out with them. I can support them. And I'm not going to say to you that this is going to disappear overnight. Usually there is a lot of negotiating, there is a lot of listening, there's a lot of soothing that needs to happen. And sometimes parents say, oh, can they just not get into school? But, you know, they're smart or I don't mind what points they get. And it's often not about that. School isn't really the issue. It's how do I feel in that environment? Is there something happening in my friend group? Do I feel everybody else is smarter than me? We can have all these thoughts in our head and teachers can be very supportive and they can be very welcoming. But for that student that is you know, struggling, they feel that this structure of school does not fit. So then they want to quit everything. And sometimes you have that teenager that is unable to get into school and then gives up contact with friends or might give up contact with their sports. 
There's a lot of hand-holding, there's a lot of patience needed in this. And what I often say to parents is expect to need a lot more listening. Expect to need a lot more connection. Expect to need a lot more patience. Because when we try and get through to illogical thoughts, we're, we're, we're dealing with this. Hmm? Don't hear you, don't hear you, don't hear you. Very gently, we're taking their hands away from their face, from their eyes, from their closed off ears. And we're helping them just come into an awareness of what they would like, what they would think would be easier and how we can help them with that. And when we slow down and we show that we've got patience and that we believe in them, what we're modeling to them is I, I see you and I, I have faith in you. And again, none of this is easy. Because if we go back to the original term, school refusal, it brings up a panic. We like our, you know, teenagers to go to school. We like them to learn. Every generation is always trying to improve how we rear children and adolescents. And every parent wants to improve their teenager's experience from perhaps was their experience of not having an opportunity or maybe even you had a fabulous, you know, experience and you want to model that. And in this modern world, with our technology, with our phones, they have access to this perfect world about how it's supposed to be, how I'm supposed to look. And, you know, I think any of us as adults can relate to that feeling of, I don't belong. I don't look like my peers. I've got spots. I have an issue with my body weight. I have an issue with how I learn. There can be so many issues, but they seem to be magnified right now. And sometimes we think back, oh, well, I didn't have the option of not going to school. And yes, they were very different times, very different times. And in some ways we can look back and say, yes, you know, that accountability worked really well. But however, when we're trying to improve the next generation, we're trying to be less rigid. We're trying to be less punishing. And I think today's parents are doing a very good job of that, offering flexibility, offering more conversation, offering more contact. And yet we've never been busier. We've never been more attached to our devices. So what works in one generation doesn't work in another. So if you go back to yourself as a parent and you think, okay, what is important here? I have said results don't matter. I have said, you know, I don't mind what you do. Then you have to align yourself with that statement that says, okay, how do we deal with this then? How can I support you to maybe feel a little bit more at ease, maybe feel a bit more confident, maybe feel a bit more comfortable? And sometimes I say to parents, well, what is your schedule like? Can, can you take a few days off here to be with them at home? to actually play on the Xbox, because that's often the big fear, you know, they're going to be online all day and I can't unplug the Wi-Fi. And yeah, they might be. As they're beginning to readjust, remember, many of their friends might be in school and they're at home. It, it does get a little bit boring. And I can't say to you it's going to last for a week or two weeks, because we tend to get panicked. What if they stay at home? What if they don't go back to school? What, what if they can't do their exams? Most teenagers that I know want to show up. They have different stages of wanting to do well. We've got the slow burners, we've got the directional, we've got the avoidant, we've got the impulsive. We've got so many different presentations. 
but they all want to make it. Sometimes even their darkest hour of panic and anxiety, they still want to be someone and they want to make it. And often they rely on us as adults or as parents saying, yes, I see you, I see it's hard. I see it's a real struggle. Can we pace this together? Can we work out something? And you may work out something one week that works, um, that doesn't work the following week. And it's going to take you being rested. I tend to you know, suggest to parents that often the late night conversations don't work because your teenager is wired in intensity, the, the daytime conversation. You know, can, can you take a few hours off in the morning? Yes, they might be in bed, it might be at 12 o'clock. Can you pop home at lunchtime? Those conversations are very valuable. Late night, you're tired, they're wired, and then it often gets repeated again because it's very hard to remember late night conversations because you're in that anxious, you know, almost leaning in, but not in a good way, um, presentation. When we're up during the day, we tend to be a lot more rational. We tend to be more focused. We tend to take direction that little bit better than at nighttime. And then as parents, if you're having that conversation in the daytime, you're more alert, you're more receptive, you're more solution focused. At night, we're, we're, we're tired and, and we're, yes, yes. And a teenager really needs you to be aware, to be sense of self, to have that, yes, we can find solutions here because teenagers like solutions. And it's not about them taking everything you say on board, but it's about them processing it in a way going, yeah, I have options here. You may need your help, you know, recruiting support from school. Maybe you have a relative, maybe granny, granddad are really good. I, I tend to recruiting, you know, a few people when I'm struggling to, to deal with a particular parenting, you know, teenage issue that's coming up because I may not be the best person to listen or support. It, it doesn't really matter who it is as long as you're saying I'm supporting whoever and whatever for you to have a conversation with. I'm supporting you to figure this out. I'm here for you and yes we will figure it out because often teenagers need that sense of hope. Really? You believe in me? Really you won't get mad at me? Because the reactive behaviour then is not helpful. So if your teenager is struggling to get to school Rather than considering school refusal, you think, okay, something is driving this. Let's, let's try and figure out what that is. It's going to be more supportive to you and to them. And then it's not about blame and it's not about pushing and shoving, but it's about support, which matters most. I hope this podcast was helpful today and I will see you again soon.